2018. Welcome to Jonathan Ramtran the podcast. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life. Yeah, feeling good today. Got up and went for a jog. Get your shoes shined up, boy. Get those high heels on and go for a jog. Yeah, man, I went for a jog this morning. Feeling revitalized? Yeah, that's the word, revitalized. Feeling revitalized. Um, I was in a bit of a funk the last day or so. Um, I've just been working very hard, you know, like um, I've been working on the podcast, um, been doing my stand-up comedy, had some good shows back-to-back, then I had like a mediocre show on uh, Sunday night, was feeling kind of low-down, lazy, good-for-nothing, lousy, crummy, run-down, just feeling like a dog fuck, and um, it kind of affected my mood, and uh, you know, as a recovering alcoholic, you know, one of the dispositions, several dispositions that we have, how, how we define our condition as being restless, irritable, and discontent. So I started getting those feelings, like, and, and when I get those feelings, which aren't often, I try not to stew in them, but I do get those feelings. When I get those feelings, you know, I just, I can't really think clearly. I can't see the forest for the trees, you know, I just, I'm in a funk, and um, yesterday was like that, I was just bogged down, and, uh, but luckily, you know, today I got up and I got at him, and I went for my jog, and uh, feeling very, very uh, grateful, rejuvenized, revitalized, but what in the fuck, how many people are just wandering around in the middle of the fucking morning, you know, just wandering around, going for a jog, and there's just fucking people everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck are you even doing here? I'm like in the middle of a field. I'm in, I'm in the middle of a soccer field. There's people just like wandering around. It's like a fucking Hitchcock movie or something. Fucking zombies popping out of bushes, people walking dogs, children running around. I'm like, what in the fuck? Ah, fuck off. I'm trying to go for a jog here. You know, I sound like my mother's ex-boyfriend. Ah, fuck off. What you fuck off? I'm trying to go for a jog, you know? It actually, uh, it actually made me cut my jog a little short because I was just starting to get annoyed. There was like golden retrievers and squirrels and raccoons and fucking toddlers just everywhere, man. And like I, I did two laps around the park and then I'm like, you know what, fuck this. I'm sick of these people. And then I just and I booked it back home, right? But you know what, one thing that was really, really inspiring though was once I got home, I was standing there uh, in front of my apartment building and I was like, holy shit, like I'm not even out of breath really. Like, I'm really getting back in better shape. And um, I encourage everyone out there to, you know, do that. Don't be resigned to whatever you feel is your health or your um, physical state or your mental state. Like, just try to be healthy for yourself, you know? And, um, you know, I don't say this to uh, from a place of condescension. Like, I'm a fucking recovering alcoholic. I'm always going to be a recovering alcoholic. That's a part of my disposition, the restless, irritable, discontent nature of an alcoholic is that those feelings can come back at any time. And if I'm not maintaining my condition, 
it can catch me. It could catch me off guard and take me back into that, uh, to that nightmare. I was at my uh, sobriety meeting on Sunday, and we were talking, and there was a man. He had four years of sobriety. Something happened. Some switch went off in his head, and he wound up drinking. And he's just back in the program now, these last uh, nine months. He's been sober for the past nine months. And um, he was talking about that, the cunning, baffling, powerful nature of alcoholism. He didn't know why he went back out and started drinking. He just did. So I'm very mindful of that, right? And um, that's why when I'm discontent, restless, irritable discontent, it's kind of a... It's something I have to acknowledge, you know? I try to walk around like I'm on cloud nine all the time, which I'm not. Sometimes I just, I'm in a bad mood and I don't really know why, or even if I do know why, it's still not a reason for me to live in that place, right? I gotta do something about it. So that's what I mean. I'm not trying to come from a place of condescension on anything. Like, um, issues are issues and go out there and address them, you know? The world is yours. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. I got a potted plant. I got a potted plant. Come on, it's time to do the Mario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got a potted plant. Like, um, I bought this potted plant a couple weeks back. And um, like I say, I work at a furniture store sometimes, right? Um, when I'm not doing my fabulous stand-up comedian act and I'm not doing my breathtaking Oscar-nominated award-winning acting performances or if I'm not uh, working out or playing the old bass guitar as those are my hobbies I'm uh, buying potted plants and working in furniture stores and um, the furniture store I work at they had this like wall ornament for house plants, just like this funky kind of wall ornament that you can place your potted plant in. I can't describe it any further than that. It's a strange thing to describe. It looks weird. It's like, um, it's made of like yarn and there's a wooden dowel and it, it kind of holsters the potted plant. Anyways, I saw that at work one day, right? I'm like, well, wow, it looks ballin'. And uh, so I bought it and um, I bought a potted plant for it, a spider plant. And um, this was a couple of weeks back. And after I bought it, I went to the, uh, I bought it at a convenience store, a Korean convenience store in my neighborhood. And then I, um, then I went to the grocery store that was also in my neighborhood. And I'm standing in line there. And there's, there's this little Filipina, Filipina lady, right? She goes, oh, is that a potted plant? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a potted plant. Ah, that's a potted plant. That a spider, spider plant? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I got that one too, the, the potted spider plant. But mine's a lot small, mine's a lot bigger, bigger. Mine's bigger than that one. I want one like that one. I'm like, oh, you want a baby? You want a little baby plant, don't you? She starts giggling, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you want a baby plant, don't you? I don't know, it sounded kind of funny at the time, like, you know, like, you know, because like, I, I had just recently looked up online, like, about potted plants, and I guess, uh, like, you know, like, when they are small, they're like babies, you know, and it, it kind of felt kind of cute, too, you know, we're talking about, like, a baby plant, she starts giggling, 
And I'm like, yeah, you want a baby plant, don't you? Yeah, look at you. You want a little baby, don't you? And I don't know. It was kind of silly and weird. But then we started talking about like potted plants and she taught me how. She's like, next time you get the plant and it gets bigger, you got to transfer the plant into a bigger pot for the plant. Once it gets bigger, the baby plant will get bigger. Then you got to transfer the baby plant into a bigger pot. I was like, okay, thank you, miss. Hence, what I did um, a couple days ago, I had to transfer the, the potted plant into a bigger um, plant container, which is the, uh, the new ornament one I bought for my wall. So um, I did that a couple days ago, um, I guess uh, sat Sunday night. I did that, and uh, it was pretty interesting, you know. And uh, So I'm pretty thankful for this potted plant. Uh, hopefully it's going to grow nice and healthy. I think I got the blessing of that Pilapino lady. The Pino Pilo, the Filipino lady gave me her blessing on my potted plant. And uh, I think it's going to grow pretty good. It's looking pretty healthy and robust. Nice and robust. This plant looks robust. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, he's, he's getting a little bit greener too, I noticed. Because like it was starting to get kind of pale. Like, Because um, like what happens is like, um, you know when, they, when you buy a potted plant, they usually come in those tiny little um, plastic containers. Well, if you keep it in there for too long, it's eventually going to start, the roots develop a knot and like you have to prune the, the roots when you transplant the pot. I'm not a fucking, I don't know, a farmer, all right? I'm just, you know, trying to do my best with my potted plant. So like when the roots get too big, when they come in those little containers, you got to prune it a little bit. And you got to get it into a bigger plant so the roots can stretch out and, you know, get more nutrients and more space and whatnot. And um, that's what was happening with uh, the plant. It was starting to, like, wilt and shit. So there you have it with the potted plant. Have I bored you to death yet? Ah, fuck off. Why don't you fuck off? You try being fucking, um, I don't know. You try being the father to a fucking baby potted plant, all right? It's not easy. You know, it's not easy being a single father to a fucking spider plant. The thing has needs and shit. It's crying for his mother every night. Where's mommy? I'm like, mommy's never coming home. The bitch left us. She's off in a botanical garden somewhere, you know, living the high life. That fucking whore. (laughs) She took everything. (laughs) Like, when's mommy coming home? I'm like, mommy's never coming home, you little fuck. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna turn you into a salad if you don't shut your goddamn trap and go to bed. Oh. oh, what? You have better potted plant material? Is that what it is? You got better potted plant jokes? Bring them at me. Send them at me. I'm gonna write a screenplay about uh, potted plants. It's gonna be called, um, <clears throat> I don't know, The Attack of the Potted Plants. That sounds pretty good. Bring back the old sci fi genre of like those old wacky, like, sea movie, uh, I wouldn't mind doing that, to be honest with you. Like, get into a string of, like, C movies as, like, the villain. Kind of like a Peter Lorre or, like, Boris Karloff or, um... Uh, who's that other fuck? That other weirdo. Bella Lugosi. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> you know, Dracula. It'd be kind of cool to, like, star in, like, a string of, like, B movies where I'm, like, this, like, twisted scientist. You know, replotting plants. And I got, like, a... <laughs> I got like a little Filipina lady as like my like little like Igor sidekick. She's like, John, John, it's a libe. It's a libe. I'm like, what? It's a libe. No, it's a live. For fuck's sakes. 
Madeline, I'm gonna send you back to the Philippines. No, John, don't do that, John. It's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I think I, I think I'm onto something here. Uh, my new career as like a, uh, I, I wouldn't mind like getting to be known as like one of those weirdo, because I am like a weirdo anyways. Like I told you guys in previous episodes, like I listen to like horror stories and uh, ghost stories alone in the dark. Um, I like Edgar Allan Poe and, you know, I'm fascinated by the macabre and, um, I wouldn't mind being like some weirdo guy like that who narrates stories for the weirdos out there. Hi, my name's Jonathan Ramcharan. This is the tale of the Telltale Heart. Some would call me mad, but am I mad? All those weirdo fucking narrators from the 1950s. Vincent Price was good at that. He had that real... Yes, um... <laughs> as happy hour in the little hamlet town, and I thought I saw a chalet. I walked to the chalet, and there was Beatrice, the old town drunk. Like, I don't know, he had this weird way of talking in his voice. Yes, my name's Vincent Price. He was like a fucking weirdo. He used to, like, collect, um, like, art for, like, art galleries. You know, Vincent Price, if anybody knows that name. Check him out. He's a really great actor. Um... He was known as like the the oh he was um he he was in um thriller thriller night doom, 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 doom. he he was a guy who did like that weird voice like uh at the beginning or the end of the song you know <laughs> hmm thriller yeah whatever whatever happens in the song I kind of forget but yeah Vincent Price um he was like a stage actor I think he went to like Harvard or Yale or one of those prestigious schools. And, uh, you know, he was kicking around Hollywood doing like, uh, you know, just uh, the handsome young man, lover, interest character. And somewhere along the line in his performances, he um, he became like the uh, kind of like Peter Lorre. You know, the Hi, Peter Lorre, the weird old guy. <laughs> that fucking they had like the they all. He also had that persona of, like, um, the strange and dark, macabre character actor, Vincent Price. And uh, somewhere along the line in his career, he started doing a lot of, like, you know, horror, science fiction type stuff. He was on, like, one of the original Batman series. He was a villain on there. He uh, he narrated a lot of, like, ghost stories for children and... Uh, classic works of uh, Edgar Allan Poe and stuff like that. I'm not quite that versed on his whole career. All I know is that I'm aware of him and how he added to the macabre and horrifying aspects of entertainment. Vincent Price. Ah. So go check him out when you got the chance. Speaking of, um, you know, kind of uh, some of that cool... Uh, what do you call it? Um, some of the classic performances and stuff like that. Um, during my little dark day yesterday, when I was feeling kind of lazy, low down, shiftless, rotten, good for nothing, crummy, washed up, lousy, louse, rotten, fucking washed up bum, like I was feeling yesterday, I was just like, um, okay, well, let me just like try to salvage the day somehow by like 
looking at watching some things that inspire me or whatever. So I, I watched a few films yesterday. I watched, um, oh, by the way, I love potted plants. I don't know if I finished that bit or what, what the hell I was even getting at. But yes, I have a potted plant. It's doing very good. I'll keep you all up to date with the uh, progression of the potted plant. All right, now calm down. He's doing fine. His mother, uh, she's in a you know botanical garden somewhere in Iowa, and uh, you know he's gonna have a good life. I'm gonna raise this potted plant, uh, uh, you know, to be a to a, to be a tree. All right, so he's gonna do okay. But anyways, yesterday um, when I was feeling low down and shiftless, I decided to watch um, a few movies to get my spirits back up, and um, I watched The Maltese Falcon. Starring Humphrey Bogart, Mary Astor, Sidney Greenstreet, and Peter Lorre. Directed by John Huston. And uh, yeah, it was a great fucking film. It's like uh, one of those first film noirs, you know? Uh, about like the private eye, private detective genre. Fucking good movie, man. I always like watching it, just like for the style of it. Like just like the whole like... The lighting of film noir, you know, like the shadows, the cascading light from doorways, the decrepit shadows in the dark in the alley, and just like the whole gumshoe, like rhetoric and speech, you know, like, hey, Tootson, you know, ah, you know, hey, I see what you're trying to do, you're trying to rope me in for murder, huh? Well, see, I'm gonna blow this popsicle stand, yeah, see, I'm out of here, you know, you're not gonna take me alive, coppa. And the way they talk and stuff like that, real kind of, um, just real stylistic, and, um, I actually, I actually wound up reading the book, but to be honest, I can't remember because I was hammered when I read it. I had this, like, back in my drinking days, I used to, like, love getting drunk and reading. And there's so many books that I read just absolutely hammered. Actually, at one point, I remember I was living in a men's shelter, and um, I was reading Dostoevsky's um, Crime and Punishment. And I'd just get hammered. I'd be outside, like, on the stoop, smoking a cigarette, drinking a 40, just reading, like, about this Russian student who murders an old pawnbroker woman and uh, hides her body. And then just this weird tale of morality and uh, hence crime and punishment. And uh, at the time, too, I was, I was uh, sleeping in a men's shelter. And next door to me in the men's shelter, like they cram you into a room full of 15 other homeless men, right? So you live on a cot. You sleep on a cot. The cot next to me was a Russian immigrant. He's like, yeah, good morning, John. Uh, can I borrow a cigarette? I was like, okay, just don't kill me, you fucking psycho. So it wasn't very comforting while I was reading that Russian murder mystery to be sleeping next to a cosmonaut. But, uh, you know, it was all good. But anyways, like I said, I used to like getting drunk and reading. And I had read The Maltese Falcon before drunk, so... Um, but anyways, it was a great read, at least I think, I can't remember. But um, it was definitely a great movie. Definitely check it out when you get the chance. But like, um, the, you know, Humphrey Bogart, um, one of the greatest actors, obviously, very stylistic. Peter Lorre, that, hey, yes, that Hungarian Berlin creepo guy with the big eyes, the wide eyes, eh? Peter Lorre. <laughs> and um, you got like fucking... Sydney Greenstreet, a big fat uh, kingpin of the whole ordeal in the movie, the British guy. And Mary Astor, you know, she's a very talented actress. 
Um, definitely can't recommend it enough. Go check it out. Very great film. Really inspiring if you like um, that crime world of seedy, um, uh, seedy um, San Francisco 1940s, um, stylistic, you know, film noir, gumshoe, you know, type of shit. The other movie I watched was Glen Gary Glen Ross. You know, that's a classic. That's a goddamn classic right there. Written by David Mamet, the famous writer director and this film was directed by actually uh, James Foley but David Mamet wrote the screenplay and it's actually based off of a play and it stars um fucking the greats man Al Pacino Jack Lemmon um Alec Baldwin Ed Harris Alan Arkin and Kevin Spacey (laughs) Kevin's been having some rough uh some rough publicity, blah, 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 pub, pub, publicity lately with some of his sexcapades, but um, I'll leave that to Kevin to deal with. But yeah, aside from that, it's a wicked fucking movie, uh, one of the classics. It's about, like, I guess generally, the working man. And I can relate to a lot of it now as a, as a bit older man, like, I mean, like older than I was when I first watched the movie. Like, I'm only 31, but I first saw the movie when I was like 19, and... Um, I just thought it was a great display of acting, but um, as I get older, I, I start to see that, uh, you know, the theme of, I guess, like, the stress on the working person, I guess, more or less. That's one of the biggest themes of the, of the play, of the film. And, um, man, I could totally relate to it now because it's such a crunch, right? You guys can admit that, right? It's a grind. You got to get up there and fucking service your life, you know, plead for your life every day, it seems. Maybe it's not that dour. Maybe it's not that dire. Maybe it's not that, uh, you know, dreary. But, you know, you got to get out there and scrape and scrounge. You got to get out there and fucking shake a tail feather, kick a foot through the door, you know? Hallelujah, I'm here. You got to do something, right? And um, that's kind of what the, f- the theme of the play is, right? The film. These guys are like, um, you know, they're salesmen, they're real estate salesmen, and um, they're under a lot of pressure to, um, to close the deal. Their job depends on it, and um, a memo comes from head office that if they don't um, close some sales by the end of the month, they're going to be canned out of a job. And through the course of this, there's a robbery that takes place at their head office. So that's basically the plot of the film. And it's great, man. Al Pacino, Jack Lemmon. Jesus Christ, Jack Lemmon is one of the finest actors that ever lived, man. Some people um, refer to him as the American Laurence Olivier, which I think is a bit of an insult because I hated a Laurence Olivier. He was a fucking idiot, fucking queen tard. Couldn't stand that guy. I didn't think he was that great, to be honest. But, you know, uh, Jack Lemmon is the bee's knees, man. He's great. Um, Oh, fuck. Um, The Odd Couple. You know, grumpier old men, you know? Uh, The Days of Wine and Roses. Place of crazy alcoholic. Coincidentally, he's an alcoholic as well, as he said in um, interviews. Um, The Apartment. Uh, What other movies has he done? The Fortune Cookie. And uh, he just has that 
that delivery and, and the emotion and the just the the characterization, the physicalization of ah, oh, he's just a fucking pleasure to watch, man. Like, oh my god, like seriously, a pleasure to watch. I could say that without any um, sense of like comedic guilt. I'm like, like, oh, should I shame myself for saying that? Like, it just sounds kind of lame to say, but like, no, man, he's a pleasure to watch, man, definitely. And um, Al Pacino, tour de force, obviously, just, he's actually my favorite actor of all time, Al Pacino, the man, oh, the fucking legend, uh, he's up in there, he's doing his thing, and, um, and then a bunch of other great performances, Ed Harris, Alan Arkin, Kevin Spacey, prior to sex allegations, and uh, yeah, like... Um, Great film, Alec Baldwin, and uh, definitely go check that out if you get a chance. You know, it's a great, um, it's a great uh, film about um, just you know the reality of the working person, and it's some um, great acting, classic acting. A lot of people um, refer to that, like like let's just say in the acting community, because like around the time I saw this film, I was in theater school, and um, you know. Obviously, the public, the general audience public, they remember the film and they like the film, film historians and whatever. But also, like, within the acting community, it's one of those films that really, you know, it's kind of like, um, like any musician should listen to the Beatles, at least to check it out. Any actor should watch Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross to check it out, you know, type of thing. And, um, you know, it's... The only thing I would say, though, is because um, it's a very testosterone-driven piece. But that being said, a lot of women could probably get something out of it. It's still a great acted piece. It's still a great, um, great themes that women can draw parallels with, I believe. But um, it's very testosterone-driven. And um, but hey, you know what the fuck, man? Like um, I watch porn. <laughs> I don't know, is that a cheap joke to, like, disgrace a woman actress, you know? To, 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 to cut down a woman's um, film acting career as to just, like, ah, you know, there's some great porn actresses out there. I don't even watch porn. But anyway, um, you know, check that out. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Great film. Extraordinaire. Um, and, uh, yeah... Um, today, uh, feeling pretty good, you know, yeah, I'm just glad to be over that hump of yesterday, yesterday was a fucked up day, man, I was really in that fog, really in that mental fog of just not being able to cope with, um, my feelings, sometimes I get that, you know what I mean, like, sometimes I do, thank God it's few and far between when I get those days, but, like, Yesterday, I just was in a, sh I couldn't, I couldn't think, you know, it's like, have you ever been in that place? Have you ever been in that mind space where you're just, you feel bad or whatever, you're feeling a kind of like run down or whatever. And despite yourself, you can't think, right? Like I was like that. I just, I was trying to do the podcast yesterday. I was trying to do some writing. I was trying to fill my time and I just I could not think my brain was just too clouded and I had to just chill out and watch those movies you know 
look at my potted plant with a little bit of joy and gratitude. Gratitude for the, uh, you know, the salvation that's been in my life, you know what I mean? Just being grateful for the fact that, you know what, things aren't obviously 100% how I want them, but they're pretty damn good, you know? And uh, it's very important for me to remember my, is my gratitude. My gratitude for just how far I've come in life and just how much further I want to go. I want to go out and do some great things in my life. And um, I just got to be grateful for what I have and um, hopeful for the future, you know? It's easy to get bogged down and, um, you know, good thing that I, you know, I tried to watch some things that kept my spirits high and I tried to get physically active when I worked out this morning and um, things are looking a lot brighter subsequently. Um, I'm going to kind of try to get out of here pretty quickly here. It's almost my time. Um... I don't know, though. Um, I gotta, um, I don't know, try to get a chuckle or two in before I leave, right? Wouldn't that be my due diligence as a comedian? As an entertainer? As a thespian? I, Jonathan James Ramtran, make a decree that henceforth on Jonathan James Ramtran the podcast, we shall strive for an excellence that has never been surpassed by any comedian or actor before or since the conception of JR the podcast, we stand behind our product as purveyors of comedy in the highest order, in the highest regard. We do not bow to the follies and foibles of the common man with their downcast eye and their upturned nose at the comic life stylings of the artist. No! We stand for a higher principle on this podcast. We shall leave on the highest of notes, on the highest of laughter, on the highest of heights. We shall henceforth strive to be purveyors and expenders of comedic due diligence and laughter and life. We shall go forth and live. So anyways, I've been feeling very sexually frustrated lately, right? <clears throat> And um, I don't know, I was feeling very guilty at a comedy show as of late, right? Because like, um, ah, you know, there was, this, there was this girl in the audience, right? And, um, you know, I was just kind of looking at her throughout my whole set, right? I'm like, ah, look at my lips, you know? Ah, look at her, look at her, ah, yeah. And, um, you know, I had to like count to 10, you know, and calm down and really just search within my soul and be like, you know what? You don't want to go down this depraved lifestyle anymore of like hitting on audience members or poking your nose in business where it shouldn't be, right? Like you got to live a charmed, clean existence, right? Not to say you can't go out and mingle when the chance is to mingle, but you know, as a purveyor of the highest order of comic due diligence, I strike out at the indifferent and callous heart of the fucking comedian that goes out and preys upon the weak. And um, yeah, that's pretty up. That's about sums up my feelings on um, just my mental state as of late. I'm. Uh, I am lambasting and, uh, you know, what is the word? Um, ringing myself out for, um, you know, 
I'm just trying to hold myself to a higher standard in general, you know what I mean? Like, when I'm feeling like shit, I just got to acknowledge it. When I'm having shitty thoughts, I got to acknowledge it. And I'm just trying to be a better person, you know what I mean? All in a day's work. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram reporting live for duty on this April 10th. 2018 of the highest order of the highest regard i salute you for listening to this podcast this morning this afternoon this evening whenever the fuck you listen to it ah, fuck ah. hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com jr.thepodcast at gmail.com hit me up send me in some questions send me some feedback um and uh, you know maybe we can talk let's start a spiritual garden all right you go out there and be a good boy and girl and i will talk to you next time Bye-bye.